PSA members in schools are facing a range of issues that have not been adequately addressed by the New South Wales government, not least of which is a major dispute around pay that is currently before arbitration. On the podcast today, we discuss these issues, the failure of the New South Wales government in addressing them, and what PSA members in schools can expect from their union moving forward. I've got Industrial Manager for Communities Health and Education, Siobhan Cullinan, here with us. Thanks for being on the podcast today, Siobhan. Great to be here. Um, now, can you explain to us some of the situation that our members in schools are going through at the moment regarding pay and, and, and other issues that they're facing? Yeah, and look, there are a lot of issues that our members in schools are facing, um, uh, but one of the biggest ones is around getting a pay rise for this year. Mm. Now, the PSA has been meeting with uh, representatives from the department for some weeks, uh, months even, uh, and we've had a very strong position, which has been our position across all our members, uh, about what we believe is a fair and reasonable pay rise. Mm. Uh, And we know that a a number of the other awards have now uh, been finalised and come to a close and and those pay rises have been locked in. Mm. Our schools members, that hasn't happened yet. We are also in the situation where we have the department uh, and the government, the New South Wales government, essentially, saying that, uh, you know, they don't believe that that they want to pay back pay back to the first full pay period of of one july now why is that is there a perception that somehow our members in schools uh have had an advantage somewhere that sort of distorted their view on how they pay properly is that right look uh, to be honest i think it's um uh i I think it's just an unfair position of the government uh i don't think that and, and look, we're, we're going to fight for our members as for as much as it takes mm. to be able to make sure that not only do they get a pay rise, but that it is paid, like with every other um, department, uh, from the first full pay period of, of 1 July. And do, do you think that the pay win for our members in schools back in 2019-2020 has had some sort of a flow-on effect to distort the government's view on on fair pay for our members in schools like they think that maybe you know in in layman's terms well you've already had a bone thrown to you so therefore why do we need to go above and beyond but really what the PSA is arguing is these are minimum standards that our members need to uh, need to be adhered to is that correct? Yeah, look, that that's completely right. And look, we had an amazing win with our pay equity win. Yeah. Uh, and it was between 19% and 36% uh, increases for depending on what classification you were in. That was huge. And it, it's such an amazing thing that we were able to do what, you know, what unions are able to do for their members and why it's so important to be a member. But that was about recognising that they had been undervalued for years right. and years. That's not about, that's not just a big boon. That was about saying you were doing work well above, um, you know, well above what you're being paid for and that we need to make sure and that that underpayment was because that you're 96% women and women's work was traditionally underpaid. So look, that's really just about catching up and recognising what they should have been paid. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, it's not just handed down and it shouldn't affect this year's pay rise at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to me more about um, the fact that a lot of the, our members in schools who are facing this situation, uh, I believe the numbers maybe 50% are 
casuals and that may affect and and this this refusal of back pay and, and also the pay dispute is going to affect them more disproportionately so look uh, we've the most recent numbers that we have been given from the department of education do show like you said 50 percent of uh, school administrative and support staff are sitting in temporary engagements so uh what that means is that they don't necessarily for some of them they might have a, a one term contract for some of them it might be one year and for some of them it's day by day whether or not they you know uh, are working and they're filling in those gaps um, and you know 50% of a, a public sector agencies workforce within one area being in insecure work is an absolute disgrace just talk to me about any responses we've had from the government. I know there's been some um, not very widely reported policy announcements in the last week by Sarah Mitchell, the Education Minister, around what the government believes will be uh, some sort of incentive uh, for teachers that will help them uh, uh, assist them by taking some of the administrative work off them. How does that help our members or our potential members in schools, the announcement that came from, through from the government? Well, I can tell you that we have heard from a lot of members um, about this announcement. They've, right. they've been quite offended by it. Mm. Um, but uh, so Sarah Mitchell announced that uh, some of the uh, sort of low-skilled work of teachers can be given to administrative staff in schools um, and, uh, you know, that, that there will be an increase of, of 200 administrative staff to be able to assist teachers to do their work. We know that teachers work really hard and are overworked. However, our members are also really, really overworked as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the ones that distributed the ra uh, rapid antigen tests. They're the ones that have to keep the school running. They're the ones that, that gave uh, laptops and IT out to um, students who didn't have them that have kept those things that, you know, running. And it's a real slap in the face for uh, the education minister to describe the work they do as uh, sort of low skilled. Like, you know, these are professional women who keep these schools running and support the executing teaching staff. So yeah, and on top of that, 200 extra staff in two and a half thousand schools uh, is a drop in the ocean. It, w it will not even make a dent in the work. In the work I, I think it equates to like maybe one worker per 10 schools or something yeah. like that. Not much of an announcement. No, it, it's a pretty pathetic announcement. And it's not even about dealing with the workload issues that our members face every single day that they are struggling after under. It's about shifting even more work onto our members, uh, which, you know, really shouldn't be their work at all. Absolutely. There uh, was reports prior to the, to the announcement of the state budget. The Premier himself said, I'd like to be remembered as the Education Premier. Now, with no additional allocation or funding in the budget, um, a slap in the face policy announcement of 200 extra admin workers for 2,200 schools, roughly 50% of our casual uh, of, our, of our workforce, female casuals, uh, and a refusal for back pay and a pay dispute that's ongoing. It doesn't really sound like the New South Wales government is committed to the education of uh, of its students in the state. No, I, I think that uh, look. 
when uh, when Perrottet made those statements about wanting to be the education premier, uh, we wrote to him and uh, asked for a meeting about that because you know we have a, a, a huge membership in in schools and we wanted to go and talk to him about how he might like to be uh, you know work with us on on uh, recognising and promoting our members and uh, our the staff in schools that we cover. Uh, he basically palmed it off to the education minister and um, and said he was too busy. So sure. really, uh, I don't know how he's going to be remembered as the education premier when he doesn't actually work uh, meet with the workers that work in education or deliver on things like permanency, uh, like safety in schools, doesn't deal with the workload and give a reasonable pay rise uh, back paid to the first full pay period of July. So what can our members expect from the PSA moving forward? Well, we've got a couple of things happening. So we are in court over this pay rise and the PSA is going to throw absolutely everything that we have at um, at, that, at that court case to make sure that we get the best possible outcome we can for our members. Uh, we also have a recognition week coming up so uh, PSA schools recognition week we run every single year that is a union run thing um, and it's about recognizing the amazing work that our members do in schools every single day and I think given everything we've just talked about um, this year more than ever it is the PSA that recognizes the work of um, our uh, school administrative and support staff and other non-teaching staff in schools we're the ones that recognize them um, um, and we're calling on the government to, to, to recognise them properly by giving them the things that we're calling on uh, around a pay rise and things like that as well. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.